Welcome into Washington Football Crunch. I'm Mike Chen, joined alongside Luke Monger and Jackson Garner. You guys, for a state that's produced an overall record of 10 and 2, UW 2 and 1, WSC 3 and 0, Central 3 and 0. Um, who's the Oh, Eastern Washington. Yeah, they're 2 and 1, okay? Yeah. So this state right now is 10 and 2. And yet there is a lot of controversy going on around the state, a lot of unnecessary amount of fake outrage, but I think it's appropriate to start with Savan Ahmed. Uh, he is. Uh, he has not said that he is upset, but a lot of people uh, are speaking for him, saying that he should have gotten more touches, more carries. Uh, look, this is how I see it. All right, as long as Gaskin is producing, I don't have a problem with him taking pretty much all the reps because nobody is entitled to anything. Mm-hmm. Nobody owes Ahmed anything. If Gaskin can do it by himself, and if he is producing, and and if he is willing, if he wants to do it, more power to him. Uh, and if this is like, you know, Savon Ackman, he wanted Miles Gaskin to come back, this is what you get. So I am not upset that Savon yeah. Ackman's not touching the ball right now. Well, I, I think what most people were kind of confused about was that or, uh, Sean McGrew was getting some some reps over Savon Ahmed. Uh, but my, my kind of theory on it is, I'm, first of all, I'm going to believe, obviously, the health thing that Chris Peterson said. There's nothing wrong with Sa- or Savon health-wise. And that obviously makes sense because Savon played against Utah, so he's fine. Um, and honestly, what I kind of think it was is, uh, like, you look at a team like Utah, they're super physical, and then they also have a really fast group of linebackers. Chad Hansen uh, played quarterback when he got to Utah and then switched over to safety for three years and uh, then over to linebacker. And he, he's a quick mover, and then Barton's the other guy, and he flies as well. Uh, so I just think I think they kind of might have game-planned Savon out of it because I think honestly Sean McGrew is a little more natural of a between the tackles runner even though he's smaller I just think that's kind of more of his style where Savon still kind of isn't that guy in at least for well, like why, why do you why do you bring up Sean McGrew because he opinion. is not touching the ball either he had one carry for four yards so I think people are confused by the fact that Sean McGrew, like, it's more than getting one touch. It's it's just the fact that he's in on reps. You know what I mean? And I, I just think yeah. that he, I think that it, just the way that it was game planned, Savon Ahmed wasn't the best guy to have out there against a team like you. Oftentimes, and from my understanding, like the the, the reps and your carries are earned the week the the week in practice. Like that's how that kind of if it's not injury related, then you know something. So I mean. I wouldn't say it's wrong to assume that Savon Ahmed is is a little upset here because it's declining. Like the number of touches are declining, and uh, I mean I don't know what to attest that to other than maybe he's not necessarily he's not impressing people at practice and and he's not giving Coach Pete a reason to to be handing in the ball. And that's kind of where I I thought, but uh, you know. And also, obviously, as Micah was saying at the beginning. It doesn't like it doesn't help his case that Miles Gaskin, like was got fifty nine yards on his first five carries of the game and scored a touchdown. You know, like when a guy like Miles Gaskin's rolling, you just keep right. You can do it by yeah. Himself. You know, you and feed the, you feed the hot that, hand. Right. You feed the hot hand, especially when the hot hand is Miles Gaskin. You know, yeah. And, and he'll you have know? these games. Like if, he'll have these games where he just takes the because he should. He's he's a senior. Uh, they, they, yeah. they should get their money's worth while he's still here. You know, got Ahmed for a couple more seasons. Who, what does Aquin deserve? Like, that's the wrong ter- term to use. He doesn't deserve to, to yeah. play. Does, does, yeah, there's no deserving. Year, there's right, no so. deserving. I, I've, learned, I've learned in any good football program, there's no, d- no one deserves anything. It's all so, earned. So let's, call, so let's call this controversy, you know, not a controversy at all, because 
Yeah. Uh, there's like I said, there's a lot of controversy going around the state. And uh, we're here just to stomp out all the controversy uh, because there is no yeah. controversy. As a 20, <laughs> we are the we are the law of the land. 2018 Twitter <laughs> says this ain't it, so th- th- we're not going to go with this right now. Yeah. Uh, but let's go with the second criticism uh, going around right now, and that's on Jake Browning. Uh, we were doing so well in that Utah game until he threw that interception. Because if you were to criticize Jake Browning for his performance prior to that, you wouldn't have a lot of ammo at that point. You would just be nitpicky, but. If you don't like Browning and you see this, well, now you're not going to be able to shut up for a long time about uh, Jake yeah. Browning's status. And it's fine if you don't like Browning. It's your life. I don't care what, what you think. But please offer me a solution if you're going to complain. Are, you're, oh, let's rotate with Hayner. Like, that's not how this works. Right. We're up by two yeah. scores. Anyways, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Luke. Well, I was just going to say, the issue, the issue with this whole thing is that uh, like obviously, there's no controversy, but people aren't going to stop talking about it until Jake gives them a reason not to talk about it, you know. And unfortunately, he hasn't done that yet, you know. Like, I like obviously he's the best quarterback on the team, or he wouldn't be out there. But he's like he's made a lot of mistakes early. He's not had a great start to the year. And the, the really frustrating thing is like the interception that he threw against Utah is like it is like literally it is everything that people exactly, complain about in exactly. Jake Browning wrapped into a single play. Yes. It's like he ra- he ran backwards like he, he he tried to evade pressure, held on to the ball, r- ran a long ways backwards and then while he was getting hit was like okay, now I'm going to try to get rid of this. You know, and yeah. it's just like I've never I've never had 300 pound men running after me and I'm sure it's horrifying and I'd probably do a lot worse. But like I th- Jake, he, what he's doing, I like. He's just pressing. Well, that you know? play does deserve. Like, that's criticism. what I think it comes down it, to. It, it should. It should be. It, it should. Yeah, be it does for sure. Cool, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and not disregard because that play was embarrassing, and uh, and that 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 can ingrain in your mind for a very long time. That and honestly, you might not ever. If you don't like Browning, you might not ever like him. Like people are are stubborn in their yeah. ways. And that might be the the nail in the coffin. Like, even if he does beat Oregon and Stanford later in the season, this is it. This this is this is yeah. this is the one well, that, that if yeah. sunk the ship. If I if I may, I'm gonna just offer maybe a little bit of an explanation here to his, his early season woes. I have always known Jake Browning to be so great for you know how not not how little he does, but. He's he's very like he doesn't try and overthink. He doesn't try and do too much. He always knows he knows his lane. And I've I've said this before, which some people took as criticism, and I think it's a it's a high compliment. I call him the best game manager in the country. I don't think a game yeah. manager quarterback is a bad comp, is a bad label. First of all, if I have to explain this again, and, and but he was that kind of guy who who always knew what where to go, to not do too much, always take the simple play. And took took what he had, and I feel like kind of now he he maybe there's a, a little much more pressure. The senior year, the the senior quarterback, and maybe he has to do too much. When that that's really I I mean personally, when I look at that UW team, that's not the case at all. He's got tons of weapons, uh, both on the outside and in the backfield. And you know if he would kind of just get back to the simplistic. Uh, Jake Browning, you know that that might be what he needs to do. People don't want to hear that, Jackson. They don't want to hear low. They don't want to hear game manager because that and and that entails low ceiling. And no, if you have a low ceiling, game manager equates to low ceiling. Do you guys disagree with that? I I, I disagree 
and here's my counterpoint. Who's who, when you think of game manager, who do you think of? Because there's Smith. one quarterback in the world. Alex yes, Smith. Alex Smith. No, Alex Smith is a monster. I would consider <laughs> Alex Smith. Is I would a consider Dak Prescott a He's game great. manager. I would consider Jake Browning. Dak Prescott is Dak also Prescott. a game manager. Closer yeah. to Dak Prescott. Uh, no, Alex Smith. No, no. I think I'll, I think there's. I think you can draw some. Like obviously, other than size, you can draw some pretty solid comparisons between the two. Like Jake yeah. is first of all a better athlete than you give him credit for. Like Jake, Correct. Jake is a mover. And like he, Alex he moves Smith back there. Surprising athleticism. Like, exactly. And then like yeah, and Alex guys, Smith. You guys notice like, a lot of people just, that don't like Alex Smith. There's a lot of critics saying he can't. I don't. Even, he can't yeah, get further. But Alex Smith is still a great quarterback. So, okay, Alex Smith, this is crazy. Alex Smith, since 2011, has not thrown more than eight picks in a season. Alex Smith is a... Yeah. Interceptions yeah. He's a great quarterback. For a great quarterback. Yeah. And because, because some fans... When well, some fans just choose to think that a game manager-style quarterback is a bad thing. It's not. It's not a bad thing at all. When you have weapons around you... Yeah, no, you when need you to be surrounded weapons by weapons around you, that's what he has. That's what you have. That's what you're dealt. Those... You, you you know you play the cards you're dealt and that's what he's doing mm. and then what the, the issue the reason that he's gotten away from that i think is just at, at the end of last year in particular that's when he started to hear like people calling for his job and hoping that Jacob Sermon or Colson Yankoff would be able to come in and dethrone him well nobody actually believes that that's the that's the worst part there is no competition no, but, there is no solution but i think the criticism the criticism started building at the end of his sophomore year as well. After the Huskies lose to USC, and then he plays bad in the Colorado game, and then he throws a pick six against Bama and can't keep the Huskies in that game. You know, and then I think that's when the criticism starts to build, and then this narrative develops after he loses to Penn State again that he can't win big games, uh, and then. People, I think, like he's just gotten to the point where he's pressing. You know, like I, well, I, fans yeah. know what he and that, fans that's all it know is. what he is now, and that's hard for the fans to accept that Jake because you talk about those past seasons where he's but, the, the issue, apart. they the think issue, that in the off season something can change, something can improve. Where now they'll give him another chance. The mistake, the, like the like the the vocal minority of fans know or the, no. Like the vocal minority fans want Jake to be something that he isn't. The majority of fans love what Jake Browning is, but he's not. Like he, I think part of him is trying to be what he's not. If that makes sense. I, yeah, you know? no, I I agree with that. And the and mm-hmm. kind of getting on your point, like where fans are trying to get him to be something that that he's not. Like you know, there you can still improve and be the quarterback who you are. Like you know, and I feel like you know, kind of what you're saying is like people want him to do things like people don't want him to improve at his game. They want him to expand his game. And it's like, why, why are you, why do you want him to fix something that isn't broke? Why is that what you want? Cause you, you know, you want him to look more like an, like a, like an Aaron Rodgers or something like that. Like I just don't get like, that just makes no sense to me. That makes that makes no sense to me, and well, I they, mean, the, the issue is like they just they can't have that yet, and they, they won't yeah. ever have that with him. And but the, the you know, and here's the thing, like you you can say a game manager like has a cap ceiling or whatever, but Jake Browning threw 43 touchdowns as a sophomore. Like there is there's no like if he's doing his thing well, like I don't care what the numbers say. The offense is going to run like a just like the the best oiled machine yeah. in the conference if they're doing well, yeah. if they're and, doing no. And I was gonna say even when he that season when he threw forty three touchdowns 
he was still a great game manager. Like he was getting the ball to his playmakers and letting them do the like that. That's still game managing. Like I, you know, the, he hasn't changed there. Even the, despite the drop off of numbers from what was it, 2016 to 2017, like the style of quarterback and who he was didn't change. It was just the numbers, it's the weapons around him as so well. So like, yeah. he didn't have the, the same talent. Well, Don't, yeah, he didn't have the same guys to throw to. His offensive line isn't healthy right now. Now we're seeing what he can do when he doesn't have those limitless options. He did the running game is good right now. It was it was great in 2016. Two great receivers, uh, good tight end. Like he had these options. You take those away from him, and this is what you get right now. He's making not a, not a lot of mistakes, but he he's he's revealing that he, no, he has the, some drop off when he doesn't. I have disagree those with that. I disagree with yeah, that. Yeah, no, I I think if you watch like there's so many moments of this year already. Like that, you watch Jake Browning, and he makes just some like vintage Jake Browning little things that no one appreciates. Um, and one of them was at the, I think either the second or the third drive of the, the Utah game. They do an RPO. He pulls it out because whatever his whatever his cue was to to throw the ball, he saw. So he pu- pulls it, and like whoever was covering Aaron Fuller was going to take it to the house if Jake threw it. Like it was going to be an absolutely horrible ball, and Jake like just like. Like I've never seen like just you could see it like so quick takes like I don't know just pulls the ball down and dives forward for like two yards and all the Jake Browning haters in in the crowd are like like Jake just needs to get rid of the ball why does he scramble all the time it's like no Jake like Jake made like a mistake in his read and he decided to eat it and take like a two yard gain you know like that's Jake Browning that's like a yeah. really good positive play and. Like and they're just little things like that that happen. It's like okay, this is this is the Jake Browning we know and love. And then there's a play where he get, like feels pressure and he tries to do the Russell Wilson spin out thing, and then people are on top of him and he makes a mistake. You know, and like it's when when he's not doing his game managing thing, he's not getting better outcomes on the big plays and on the bad plays they're even worse. You know, so that that's just yeah. the issue. And, and what I was gonna say to to your point, Micah, that he doesn't have the same talent around him. I, I disagree with that entirely i think he still has a ton of he talent does. around him he is trying to do he and this is a lot of speculation because i have not the truth be told i have not watched enough jake browning to to say this with all the confidence in my heart but like from my perception of this situation is that he is trying to do a little too much and it's not that jake browning you know doesn't have the talent it's that it his situation and maybe what people are asking him to do has gotten to his head a little bit. There's a lot of catch 22s right now with Jake Browning and there in the, and the frustrating part is that there's no alternative right now. So we can't, we can't really, this is, this is what we're getting right now. And, uh, and as long, and it, it's just, it's, it's, it's the truth. As long as he keeps on picking up these wins, I personally didn't have a problem with the UW Utah win. As long as the defense is good, as long as you can run the ball well, there's no such thing as a bad win as long as those things are going for you. Uh, the season to this point is going pretty much exactly as planned. The UW Auburn game was a toss up. There's, there's not much going on with UW right now that really concerns me. No, I mean, first of all, I think the takeaway. The positive takeaway from Utah is that defense is ridiculous. The Huskies would still like to be a little more efficient, like turning good positive drives into seven points or six points. You know, I, I think they're still mm-hmm. struggling in that department a little bit. But at the same time, you're on the road, first conference game of the year, uh, in a tough environment against probably, like, probably, 
I don't know. I mean, they, they did not look good on Saturday, but they were like, especially after seeing what USC was doing, they were my choice to win the South <laughs> going into conference play. I don't yeah. know if that's the same. The South is horrible. Yeah. Maybe the five best teams in the conference are in the North. I, I you know, honestly, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's so the bad. South is shaping up really poorly right now. Everyone, it's, really, it's thought, hard to watch. And I mean, just the watching the way that the Mountain West just ate up the South. Like, I, well, I mean, okay, so I guess <laughs> one of the teams, one of the wins was uh, Oregon State. I mean, two wins, two wins in the Mountain West coming out of the South. It's like, geez, guys, what are we, what yeah, are we doing really out bad. there? Yeah, not not making the the Pac-12's case uh, much better. The folks no. out in the South. Gosh, and then Arizona State has to go and lose, and then it's just like you yeah. know, yeah, just little yeah, things. They were, doing, they were doing so well. Come on, now. Point. Now they have no momentum. They have no run game. They have Manny Wilkins, and uh, they they, uh, they got blown out by San Diego State. If you just look at the numbers, I mean, they lost over three hundred rushing yards, and uh, and their run game has been non-existent the last two weeks. So I don't think it's gonna be a very close game. I think UW's got, got this opponent very well, but anytime you have Manny Wilkins, one of the better quarterbacks in the conference, and. Uh, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry. Oh my goodness, yeah, he is that, something Nikhil else. Nikhil Harry's a monster. Yeah, he's yeah, he's that's, special. That's that's the one that's scary. But it's just too. like you know, you can't you can't affect but, the outcome of a game like that at the wide receiver. You know, yeah. against a and defense San Diego like State the, ran does. for three hundred yards. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just like man, come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, but Arizona State is one of those teams. That just and it's I know it's it's always in the desert that they have UW's number, but I, like Arizona State, man, like there's no, there's not a Husky fan that it feels really comfortable going into an Arizona State. Game, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's a really uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I feel that Arizona State. If we were playing in if we were playing like in like their house, I'd be I'd be very scared. Um, I mean, part of me feels like part of me feels like Arizona State has some debts to pay when they come up here, and they're gonna get punished but that's like that's the confident fan in me i'm a little nervous though i'm yeah. always a little nervous when arizona state comes eastern washington washington state did not live up to the hype well depends on depends on who you're asking people wanted a very high scoring very much fcs versus pac-12 and, uh and unless, unless uh, you were a wsu fan then, then, then you were WSU scored 59 points yeah. i don't know what you're talking about it's not yeah, a high eastern scoring didn't game hold up their end of the bargain if you're looking at this from well, like that's the people true. that enjoy following, you know, the states, or did scene. or did WSU's defense just hold up to their no, end? Of the Eastern still got I'm, they still got their share. They they were still able to get something of a running game going. Way too late in the process. Yeah. Uh, Gage Grubud did not play up and up to his standards. Uh, there were there were a lot, okay. The, the Eastern offense well, was, yeah, wasn't yes. able to find the flow. They they, they caught Eastern, it at times. But it, it wasn't able to put it together for the Eastern whole game. shot themselves in the foot, and I'll t- I will tell you the pr- exact play where they shot themselves in the foot. This is early in the third quarter. They line up for a 44-yard field goal. They hit the field goal to make it an eight-point game, so just a one-score game. But they a holding call brings it back, so now it's a 54-yard field goal. They elect to punt, down it on the one-yard line, and then so it's still uh, an 11-point game, and then WSU... Gardner Minshew and company proceeds to go on a 99-yard drive for a touchdown, and then at that Whoa. point, 
18 point game so game it was over. the holding That's call. The point I mean, where it there's was nothing over. wrong with the punting in that situation. It's the fact that you blew a 99 yard drive. It was the it, it was, was the holding point. call. Yeah, no, it was it was the, it, that was the turning point no, right absolutely. there. If if that they were very much because Eastern that Eastern the momentum the momentum had very much shifted. They were down by 11 towards right? yeah, Eastern. So it was 17-28. They had the down field by goal. 11. Yeah. hit the field goal and they hit the field goal. The field goal went through yeah, the uprights, but the holding call brought it back. And that's you know, the, yeah, no. I mean, j- the the possibilities were that's endless. The type of play that if, will if, kill, that, if that stood, kill the and, team when you miss it, when you, when you take points off the board, especially when you're going up against a Pac-12. School. Well, yeah, and I don't even think that. I don't even think that. I think the 99 yard drive that ensued. That was after a consequence. That, like, that, that was, was consequence just. Oh my god! You 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 leave those points well, on there. You, yeah. You start at the 25 yard line. The next possession. Uh, w Eastern's defense is playing a lot more confident. I was so disappointed that at the beginning of that contest, Eastern didn't try and do what they've done so well the last two weeks, which is run the ball early and give Sam McPherson a chance to kind of to kind of like the flow of the game. You know, you're down seven nothing early. Yeah, and he ran the ball well. And they I can thought. actually no, the, he because he, he first of all I was he earned every yard. You know, he was falling forward. Uh, he he mm-hmm. wanted he wanted to be involved in that game plan. It needed to be different than what they did last time. They don't have the receivers to air it out like they did two years ago, and yet they treated their receivers, which, by the way, uh, Simba Webster, great guy, nowhere near, uh, you see him in person now, nowhere near Cooper Cup in terms of what he can do against a Pac-12 a, a oh, opponent. Well, of, of, uh, and, and we, but and, uh, but well, you, yes. you base off where he was at at this point in his career, you know, he, I'm not saying, like, he's not going to have that Cooper Cup career trajectory where he's playing all four seasons and averaging over 100 catches a year. But this is the season where he's going to have over 100 catches or get close to that. And this was his chance mm-hmm. to show he could have that Cooper Cup S season. But clearly, he, w- he was a little bit overwhelmed by the, uh, sen- the senior corners uh, that, that WSC was throwing well, out there. And, and Yeah, I mean, that was, that was an unbelievable game from the WCU secondary. Like, that was, I mean... Darian Moulton, who I have thought is is how much shit were they talking? Times. They I mean, were really in oh, faces. He okay. was in. Darian Moulton was in Gabe Gubrud's, Gage Gubrud's ear, literally after every incompletion he threw. Was he like um, talking across the field in both him? the receiver? So my favorite was the after his interception, the deep ball to I think it was to Webster, and Moulton picks it off at like the one yard line. Gubrud's standing at like the 50-yard line. He sprints all the way down to him at the 50-yard line, gets in his ear for just a quick second, and then goes back over to the sideline. I mean, he was, they were letting him have it. Um, And my goodness, it could have flipped, it could have gone a bad direction, but, you know, they they held on. And I think, you know, the underlying for, the underlying uh, positive, you know, anecdote here. And more towards just the early start of the season is that twice now that opponents of WSU have started to make a comeback and then WSU stomps it out. You know, back in Wyoming, Wyoming or WSU slips, they and then Wyoming takes a lead, then they stomp that out. Then when Eastern two, right there on that holding call, 99 yard drive, they stomp it right out. So I think that what traditionally the Cougars are bad at is, is, you know, responding to adversity, having that at a, at an early point of the season, and not like adversity, but like this is like they will they will face tougher adversity this season. But it's it's baby, it's progress. You know, it's seeing it's like okay, they're capable of this. 
well now like what's next let's let's see let's see more and and hopefully Mm -hmm. you know they're there to respond to that and this is kind of a little patting the back of our podcast here too i just think this preseason and this last game as much as any of the other ones has shown that like I think national writers and Pac-12 writers got hot takey when it got to Washington State being really not good this year. Yeah, their predictions of them going four and eight, three and nine, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like the fact of the matter is, like, like him or not, Coach Leach has a system that gets the job done, and they are going to win eight or nine games. Spot because, on. Because, right? Because like they're going to produce their offensive numbers, and like you said, even though they lost guys like Alex Grinch and other people in their defensive coaching staff or or whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. they have, like, just with Mike Leach, they've been able to, like, I don't know. It just feels like it's just this steady growth, and there's no, like, it's plateaued a little bit. Like, they went from whatever they were before Mike Leach to winning eight games, and they haven't crossed that 10-win threshold, but they're not all of a sudden going to bottom out because they lose Luke Falk, you know? Like, quarterbacks produce there. You're right. You're absolutely right. And what I think what... what um, maybe not as many people are thinking about at, at this USC game, but this is a huge opportunity for WSU to, to really further themselves against, uh, uh, let's be honest, and not that uh, a struggling USC team right now. Because and, now. and think about, well, yeah, no, and think about the recruiting class, this, re- this previous recruiting class, the 2018 one, where they stole uh, Borgie from Stanford and, and Cade Beresford from USC. And... and and the recruits, there's going to be a lot of recruits at this game who are on USC visits, who also have offers from WSU, and for them to watch this team and watch you watch them play USC and say, "Hmm, is is my future out in the Palouse? Is that where I I'm going to have my best chance of making it? Like instead of going to the hype train that is USC, just go out where they just produce results." Like this, it's a huge opportunity for them to, and they haven't gone. To, it's, I mean, when was the last time they went out to USC? It's been a while. And the last time they did beat Leach beat them. Keep in mind, it was a disgusting football game, but we did beat WSU did beat uh, USC the last time they were out there. So, I mean, and I mean, the number of, of in, you know, the inland empire and Los Angeles area recruits that WSU gets huge opportunity in way of recruiting to come into the Coliseum and make some noise and show some of these kids that, Hey, WSU, like don't, don't sleep on WSU. If you're a wide receiver, if you're an offensive lineman, if you're a quarterback, I mean, hell, it doesn't really matter what position, like you're proud. You're going to get a, you're going to get an opportunity to get on the field during earlier than you are at USC and you're going to be have an opportunity to make some more noise than you are at USC. Maybe that's you know maybe that's an option. I think that is is kind of the thing that people are forgetting about this USC. Yeah, if there's trip. a place to make a splash. It is Southern California. That is the hotbed of recruiting on the West Coast. There's nothing much that really compares to it. And For going sure. into this game, USC is a four point favorite. But the last time, and 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 which by the way, uh, USC being a four point betting line favorite. Uh, you know, you, you look at their loss to Stanford in Texas, and it's horrible. And you look at uh, WSU, and just how like this, how gassed up they are right now. Like you look at how excited the players are, and Garner Minshew was, was named Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week. What's kind of crazy about Washington State to me is maybe more than ever, which is shocking and surprising to say, this might be like the most underdog mantra they can ever 
kind of grab. You know what I mean? Yeah. They lose their two leading receivers in Luke Falk, and everyone picks them to finish like fifth in the Pac-12 North. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, I this mean, is, gosh, this is you... a, a fun team to want to win. You know, like yeah, there like, a lot for, of for once to prove wrong. For once, like. And, and I mean, we're gonna get we're gonna get into this whole guesser thing in just a minute. But like for once, WSU is a likable team. They have a lot of underdog, like a lot of mixed place. You know, everyone everyone feels really poorly about about the the Holinsky situation, and, and everyone wants to you know show their respects and and their condolences with WSU. And it's it's a likable team right now. Your frustrations with uh, with uh, how USC their talent level compared to what UW gets. USC every year out recruits UW and wins a lot of recruiting battles that involve teams like UW and the rest of the conference or even the rest of the country. But they just don't like they just don't turn it into conference champions or, or championships or national championships. And it's just mind blowing to me. Not not the number that you would expect from those right? recruiting classes. Like you know, like these guys should be perennial contenders. And right, like, yeah. so, and when it comes down to it, like maybe that's what I'm not surprised that Clay Helton, like people want his want his head down in Los Angeles. <laughs> it's like I don't know if the rubber hit the road and Chris Peterson started one and two one year and people were calling for his job. Maybe I'd feel different. But like, come on, like USC. You're better than that. Like, there's just yeah. they're better than that. Yeah. No. I well b- before we even get okay, to okay. Sorry. With USC, like, uh, and I'm gonna blank, but I know there are, there are four and five star quarterbacks on that roster that have been in the system for years, and then a kid who reclassifies and is 18 years old wins the wins the starting job. Like, what? Yeah. Is that not ridiculous to anybody? Like, can he not? Re- and then Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold comes in his redshirt freshman year and when he takes the job is unbelievable and then he comes back his sophomore year and leads the FBS in turnovers yeah. right like yeah, people aren't getting better yes. you know like <laughs> get better like what's going on yeah like well and the thing is like the just the way they're managing JT Daniels too it's like he is throwing he's throwing 30 40 times a game and it's like my goodness why are you putting this pressure on this 18 year old like you have a very effective run game. You have a great offensive yeah, line. Have, like have a, why have a guy who's not, a five star running back? Why are you not utilizing? Yeah, why are you not utilizing this and giving like relieving this young quarterback of some of the pressure? And they're not. They're not doing any of that. They're throwing him right yeah. into the flames. And maybe that's by design. I don't know. But clearly, if that is, like we should be going back to the drawing board a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get them. Saka uh, Jason Gesser is having a tough week yeah. right now. Uh, he's got uh, more allegations coming at him, and I believe that the uh, Daily Evergreen was the first person to report on this, which I don't want to say I'm surprised by that, but you would think a story of this magnitude, uh, you know, students aren't no, exactly yeah, the no. investigation, in- investigators that would come to this I'm, conclusion yeah. and be willing to risk the integrity of the brand. Yeah, these accusations. Well, and it's, it's built on it since then. I mean, it's, uh, it's there was pretty, a former uh, volleyball player came out. It, yeah, no, that one. that one's the real... Uh, kind of i don't know if i want to say damning but it's looking a little like it uh because obviously they just put gesser on administration administrative leave well um, didn't they clean his record they they looked at well, it and okay go, oh, no, yes fine. so what uh so no 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 so what happened was and this is where people were kind of getting on the daily evergreen and you know honestly i i really don't have a comment on what i think of this first portion but uh Gesser was 
was cleared by the Office of Equal Opportunity. They did an investigation, or they, they didn't, in the, the wording, it, they didn't say an investigation, but they looked into the complaints and they saw that, uh, that there was nothing, there wasn't substantial evidence. It was a evidence. non-story, as Gesser the, would want you to look at. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say that, because uh, who he was dealing with, student interns, uh, that kind of makes, you know... I I don't think it's a non-story per se. That's my what he might say. But um, did it deserve to be published? That's que- that's where it begins to question. Now that there's new allegations, uh, and very detailed allegation or allegation, not allegations, allegation, singular, um, uh, with this volleyball player and in detail of of what happened and oh, vivid uh, details. Yes, Holy Gesser, I mean, Gesser I, making the his advances, uh, unwanted advances. Um, so you know now it's now it's waiting to see what what the equals equal office of equal opportunity finds. But and before I even say anything more, what I am proud of, uh, maybe even more proud of than my own publications work is that WSU has not tried to put anything under the carpet. Not when this began uh, in 2017, or not even not even 2017, when their, the first allegations were came of light to the Office of Equal Opportunity or to, to people that it, it was turned into the Office of Equal Opportunity. They did their investigation, and, and WSU has done everything that they are supposed to be doing in a situation like this. That's what makes me Gesser feel good. Gesser isn't just, high enough where they're going to willing they're willing to stick their neck out for him. Well, no, I I, I disagree. No, I disagree with that. I think uh, I think in terms of the hierarchy, Gesser's up there. Like he's the kind of guy that you'd think if someone if if something like if something was going to be shoved under the carpet, it was it would be for a guy like him that that he brings enough positive. Uh, positive influence to the program that that they want to keep him around and and not make him look bad but the fact of the matter is is, is he's made himself uh he's made himself they look bad they haven't deemed him valuable enough to want to cover this up in china and just there's no it. and that's that that's not what i'm saying that i'm what i'm saying here is that they're from what it looks like and from everything that we know that there is no one who is valuable enough to wsu who is worth covering up, and that's the way it's supposed to be. That no one, no yeah, one is too good. Right? Not, no nobody, one is nobody. No one's too valuable. To want to protect? Uh, no, and I mean this is this is you know serious stuff. Uh, that that no one's too too important, and that that WSU is committed to running a, a clean operation. I that's what makes me feel good. Um, I think there's still a lot. There's still a lot to the story that that hasn't. That hasn't come to light. That that to be honest, I work in the same newsroom as as these guys, and I don't uh, I don't even know that. And I'm, I'll be honest, that's out of my lane. It's not what I I'm not the investigative reporter. I, I don't I don't do that kind of stuff. Um, and even, I don't I, quite honestly, I don't want to put my my name in this race. I, I don't want to be involved with this. Um, this is what Jackson Garner said about Jason Gesser and why he shouldn't be around the program anymore, or something, something like. No, that. yeah, no, I, I, and it's it's, no, it's not even anybody at this point. I don't. I, it's not that I, you know, I'm not. I just, yeah, it's. I just want to see the information, what what the Office of Equal Opportunity finds, and, and be able to make my judgment from there. And I think that's what everyone should be wanting to do. 
and and something that people are forgetting is the Office of Equal Opportunity gets hundreds, hundreds of ports, reports of sexual misconduct a year. Oh, like, I bet. Yeah, and probably this is yeah. They get, they get just a, just a because year, year just because Jason Gesser has has an allegation of sexual misconduct does not mean he did anything wrong. There, I mean, there are hundreds of reports that get filed just like his and say there was n- nothing happened. And I would imagine, considering the political climate, that the Office of Equal Opportunity does a very thorough job uh, of their research mm-hmm. and, and into the investigation. So when they say they didn't find anything, and, and keep in mind that like there's no the the uni- like the. Uh, from from my understanding and from what I've learned that the, the Office of Equal Opportunity, while it is WSU's office, they've, they're very much kind of on their own island and they do. So there's no like kind of going in the back door and saying, hey, you know, let our guy, he's our guy, like let him out. Like it's, once it's it, with they're them. They're independent parties. They, yeah, they should once, be independent parties. They shouldn't well, and that, but the thing is they're, they're not, an, I don't believe they are an independent party, but they, they certainly act like, they certainly behave and, and operate like yeah. it. They yeah, so us, so they're they really yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can't really just kind of say, hey, you know, take it easy on our guy. That's not how it works with the Office of Equal Opportunity. Once it's with them, it's in their hands, and you really just don't like. You're there's nothing more you can do until they they make a ruling. So it makes me feel good that that WSU is handling this very appropriately, and you know. From I don't I don't know Jason Gesser that well. I've I've talked to him on several accounts, and, and obviously those were all in you know work environment in in press boxes at practice and stuff like that. He was a very nice guy, um, but you know I don't know him well enough to to make any sort of calls or or on his character or anything like I would that. Say I, so even I, if you did know him pretty well. You probably nobody really knows who anybody is. Yeah, is well, yeah, and that's, that's the thing and with public figures like Gesser is, is you know, when you meet a guy a like that, such an act. Well, yeah, I, well, yeah, yeah, that's that's being pretty blunt about it. Every, that, every, that's, everybody yeah. puts on a show. Everybody in They're going to the look, they're going to present themselves. They're going to put their best fe- best foot forward with with about everyone who who they're not, you know, personal with. Um so you're right. You're kind. Of, you're right in that sense. So you know, if we you saw are, with, if uh, you're with the Urban Meyer situation, even when you're family, you're still kind of. Mm-hmm. Oh no, nothing's nothing's going on right now. If if good, if you're following, and this is this is my recommendation for anyone that's following it is, for now, just continue to follow it. Don't don't make any wild assertions that that Gesser did it. Don't make any wild assertions that. The Daily Evergreen uh, knows something or knows something more than than everyone else right now. Just continue to follow it because it's going to come to light. Like this is like we're going to hear about uh, a report. I don't know how long they're going to take. If but I would imagine it would take. It's going to take about a month or something like something along those lines. Maybe a month, two weeks, something like that. Um, So we're going to hear more about it. But but don't make any uh, assumptions because of 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 what you've heard or anything like that let let the investigators and and let the the professionals decide <laughs> and let let them make those decisions not you at the division 2 level central washington defeated humboldt state 49-0 that game took place in Yakima, and Humboldt State is the program that uh, is is going to be the the tipping point when it comes to folding 
the uh, the GNAC because now it's down to four teams with Humboldt State leaving. Now, they should have left already because they have suffered two embarrassing losses, again, recently losing to CWU 49-0. And, uh, and you know, when you're, lo- when you're losing by a combined 100-plus points to 12, like I don't see a point in keeping the program around anymore. I, just, I can't imagine how hard it would be to be motivated to play for it. A team that you know is not going to be around next well, year. Well, there's yeah. there's a there's the whole like movie aspect of it where it's like let's send yeah, these but guys that's out like with the championship. That's fake. That's, that's yeah, that's, but that's a that's movie. Yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> especially that's, like I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to pretend like I know a ton of GNAC history, but I'm pretty confident that Humboldt State, if they're going to fold their program, has been a perennial bottom feeder. You know, so yeah. like they, that just they, it, they it, they you don't all, all of a sudden. Seasons. I mean, it's it's a yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's. I feel like it's a lot easier said than done to be like, oh yeah, like let's save go get, our like, program. Imagine, let's win yeah, exactly. Games. Save our program. like. Imagine you're like a sophomore there or a freshman. You're like, why? Like, why are we even playing these games? Yeah, the only people left are like the ones that couldn't transfer, so they're just kind of feel like yeah. losers because they couldn't, yeah. they couldn't escape the the it's fire. Un- it's unfortunate. I think more. I mean, kind of relating for Washington football, it's more unfortunate for East or Central Washington. Like, yeah, okay, they're gonna go what eight. Eight and zero in the regular season. And then lose in the first, but they round, yeah. yeah they got to go. They got to. They're gonna have to go play a really good <laughs> playoff team. Like they're not getting good enough competition. And I mean, thank God they got that Eastern game scheduled to to get a little. But you know, wouldn't that have been nice to have that that's towards not, the I end mean, of the season? That's uh, that's unproductive competition because uh, <clears throat> that's a game where no, you're, you're literally no, just no, like it's not lying down. No. And, no, 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 they not love, at they all. They lied down in that game. That was horrible. That was that. I mean, fifty-eight to thirteen. You had no, but no yeah, part of the game did you have a chance? And first play of the game, sixty-yard touchdown. I mean, it, there's, there's just there was a there was a lot of things that were uh, that didn't make that 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 trip worth it outside of just the name value of having Central playing Eastern in a, in an in-state matchup. There was I nothing disagree. Productive I about disagree the game. with you that. Anything about your team? If if you're if the goal here is to elevate your program, then those games are entirely necessary. And especially considering the level, the rest of the talent level around the GNAC, that game is even more important to to say this is this is where we want or the, the level of competition where we want to be, so they can see that, you know, like that's that's the end goal right there. And I mean, you know, obviously it's not gonna that's not going to come to fruition in any of the students who are there in their time. That's not going to happen. But for the, for at least for the program to, to go and experience those games and more importantly for the playoffs, like that's, that's an important, that's an important game. All right. Well, before we get out of here, we want to let you know that this is a fan supported and listener supported podcast supported by people just like you. We bring it to you completely free of charge every single Tuesday iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. A couple of great ways that you can support. Follow us on Twitter at Micah underscore Chen, at Luke Monger, and at Jackson M. Garner. So, uh, yeah, give us a follow there. And uh, our very public email is MicahChen at Yahoo.com. This has been Washington Football Crunch from Micah, Luke, and Jackson. We're signing off. Thanks. Thanks.